0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Back and Forecast, episode number 275. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways.
1: The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list,
2: the comic books we are looking forward to coming out September 9th, 2015.
0: And then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic, and this week we're doing our August lookbacks. So we're going to be looking back at some of the books that came out during the month of August. And this month we have Phonogram, The Immaterial Girl number one, John Flood number one, Godzilla in Hell number one, and Archie number one.
1: Man, and they're all great books. Oh, and I'm hoping our beer is as good as those books, right? And
0: based off of what you heard or might have heard last week, uh, hey guys, what time of year is it? Is it pumpkin spice time? It it is. (laughs) uh, It's it's pumpkin beer time. So I'm on my pumpkin beer kick. I'm just glad you remember, Paul. I just think like, Paul's, it's pumpkin spice <laughs> Like, it's
2: just so ridiculous. Like, he had, he had no idea what you wanted from him. It was pop
0: quiz time. Well, that's exactly what I wanted, and he delivered. So I delivered. See? Uh, being down in Florida now, I have access to a bunch of different breweries, and, of course, everybody is putting out their own pumpkin beer, so I've got some different stuff today. Um, and from Athens, Georgia, I have Terrapins Pumpkin Fest. We've had a few beers from them now. Uh, liquid gold oh no liquid bliss the peanut butter one i don't remember the name of that yeah a bunch of different stuff uh super friend of the show caitlin brought to us uh, so when i saw that they had a pumpkin beer available i was like all right let me let me get in on that and it's not exactly what i wanted it to be um there's a little bit of wateriness to it mm. and then you get like the pumpkin and the spices on the back end of it um I put these in the fridge just because they just came right from the store, like half an hour before we started recording. So I think maybe once it cools down, it might be a little bit better. But right on the front, it's more just like pumpkin spicy water. Oh, nothing really stand out about it here. Mm-hmm.
1: That's too bad. Uh, I'm still in summer mode. Uh, I have we have John and I still haven't swap, swapped over to uh, the fall beers yet. Uh,
0: but it's it's now officially September, Paul. I you know.
1: Need to. I know. I will. I and will. We've, but, we've done a couple, but yeah, it's. It's too muggy. It's very hot. Uh, so I'm still in. What I really enjoyed the summer were IPAs with the citrus-like rinds in it. And, and when I saw this on the shelf this week, I'm like, well, I definitely have to try it out. It's from one of my favorite uh, breweries, Left Hand Brewing. And this is their Homefront IPA, an ale with dried sweet orange peel. And interesting enough, it's uh, a Hops for Heroes brew, which means all proceeds from the sale of this Homefront IPA are donated to military-based charities. Huh. Uh, so it's it's a collaborative effort uh, with a bunch of different uh, Hops Direct LLC, Cargill, I don't know what that is, uh, but uh, Glass is Life, I don't know where these other places are, but I do know Left Hand Brewers, and I think it's interesting that... The I have never heard of this Hops for Heroes before, this beer. So good on you, left hand, for donating proceeds. Yeah, it's very nice of you. Um, I I, think this beer
2: has been sitting a while. Uh, Just because it's overly malty, not a lot of hops, and Mm -hmm. absolutely no orange at all. Uh, I was looking on the bottle for a date to see when it was made. Yeah, Um, I guess we could just look up when they did Hops for Heroes
1: and find out. Yeah, it um, probably is the beginning of the summer uh, brew, and or, you know, it's the beginning of the summer I means basically March now, uh, because we, you know, brewers, we push, they push the seasons. Uh so, Oops, season time, woo! Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm thinking this was a better beer when he first got it, but man, it's only been... You know, it's the end of August, beginning of September. You would think it would be able to sit on the shelves a little more. And I bought it from a pretty reputable place, you know? It's not some place yeah. where the, the store gets really hot or really cold and they keep it well, under direct light or anything, so... I mean,
0: that could have just been a brewing choice, too, though. Just make something that they can get out. I mean, not saying, like, to do it on the cheap, but even Stone had their drink-by-date line of beers. Yeah. So it was like, you have to drink this within this time frame, you know? So yeah. this might have just been, like, not a push on their part to do that same kind of, like, hey, it will be a mini-event, but it might just be a beer that you had to enjoy by a certain date, and then you just might have missed it by a little bit. Yeah, we yeah. might have
1: dismissed it. And a lot of those IPAs are that way, and, yeah. I mean, I, I don't blame... And left. it's a lighter IPA, too. It's only six by six, 6.6 alcohol by volume, so... Um. Yeah, I don't blame... Uh, Maybe just didn't have that high alcohol to kind of help preserve it a little bit. Oh.
2: Uh, I was looking for this, Chris, Was when you said you were um, you had Terrapin, uh, they have a new beer coming out um, with a uh, tie-in to The Walking Dead, and mm-hmm. it's a Blood Orange IPA.
0: Oh. See, I, I would try it. Um, this hasn't taken me out of trying anything else from Terrapin. It's just not as good as some of the other pumpkin beers I've had. Even... Like the ones from last week, after they cooled down a little bit, were a lot better. So well, and it, I will still try it. It's
2: I, I, a it's a red Indian Pale Ale ooh. brewed with blood orange peel.
0: That sounds like something Paul would like too, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I because I've heard he's been on a big like citrus rind kick.
1: Citrus rind uh, IPA kick, yeah. Uh, right here it says Best Buy eight twenty eight fifteen, and we're only a few. We're a week away. Well, you from missed that. it. Yeah, we're one week. You missed from it, it, Paul. Yeah. They that's, gave away That's, that's how medication. fast it can turn. I guess so. Uh, yeah, so it must have been brewed You're good early. You're that you found that. It's right on the bottle. But anyways, <laughs> you know what goes stale quicker than uh, IPA? News. The news. <laughs>
0: exactly, oh, Chris. I, good. I thought I thought that was you asking, and I was ready for that answer. I didn't realize it was rhetorical.
2: Oh, well, <laughs> Oh, man. That is so, that is so blurry, and you have to hold it to the right just like oh, yeah, to see that. Just
1: like, just right. Just like we have to hold up the news to there our speculatively le- speculative lens to see if it's worth talking about on the show. John, what is Chris going to be talking about in this week's news? <laughs> I was going to say something Wait. quite rude, but I've stopped. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Made me laugh, though. Chris, I, I heard something is happening over at Marvel studios with Kevin Feige.
0: Yes. Um, Kevin Feige is no longer reporting to the head of Marvel, Ike Perlmutter. Um, this is reportedly due to all the stinks that he's been uh, causing with some of the other Marvel properties, uh, namely fantastic four and, uh, X-Men tie on the publishing side of things. Since Fox owns the right to the motion picture rights for those, um, Apparently, the rumblings are he's just not an easy person to work with. And with the budget for Captain America Civil War being what it is, because while it's a Captain America movie, it's basically another Avengers movie. He's been trying to crack down and get a little bit more pushy with what Marvel Studios is doing.
3: Uh,
1: I'm sorry, Uh, which which one, Ike or Kevin Feige? Ike, Ike Perlmutter. Ike Perlmutter is he's, hard to work with, so therefore he's kind of
0: he's kind of being a curmudgeon. So so uh, Kevin is Ke- side side him and going he, right to the source, right to the. Yep, he's now going right up to the head of Disney Studios, uh, Alan Horn.
1: Now was Ike also in charge of the? Because I also saw articles or headlines saying the Marvel co- movie collaborative cabal is has been dissolved. The group of like. Uh, it had Brian Michael
0: Bendis on the team and yep. you know, the um brain- yeah that was actually Ike Perlmutter Brian Michael Bendis uh, publisher Dan Buckley and Joe Quesada. um they were basically the Marvel brain trust that would work with Marvel Studios on the movies um, they were more like an advisory council mm-hmm. than like anything to say they were kind of like the royal family to oh. Marvel Studios <laughs> uh parliament mm-hmm. uh, they were there just to be like hey no we we support this or hey here's how we think it should be done and
1: kids should proving it again go to college because where else would you be able to do that kind of <laughs> line of logic if you didn't take comparative uh governments back so there school? you go um,
0: <laughs> I, I think
1: <laughs> i like
3: chris's our, degrees are worth <laughs> our
2: degrees are worth it i like chris's like glazing right over there yeah back to what i was yeah, saying
3: yeah.
0: back back to the story um, i think this is probably the best thing for marvel studios um just from what i was able to like glean from the story it sounds like like perlmutter is just kind of like that old man shaking his fist on the pa- like on the porch hmm. um marvel studios really doesn't need to do anything that he says they they've got their stuff down pad at this point now all their movies have been a success you know mm-hmm. give or take like a couple million dollars but They've all performed. Um, they know what they're doing. They've got everything down right. You, you don't need someone else saying, like, well, I want you to do it this way, because they, they know what they're doing at this point. Right. Uh, and that kind of ties into my other story, so much so that Chris Evans, even though he's at the end of his Marvel deal, he said, if they want me back, they just need to ask. Um, this was announced like a couple years ago, actually, that he was done with marvel once his contract was up he wants to focus on other things as an actor as you know, rightfully should i mean at this point he's been a mainstay in the marvel universe for like what like six seven years now mm-hmm. yeah he, he he's free to do other things but i think that just speaks volumes about what marvel's been doing where they still have these people interested in continuing on with their contracts even though they've been doing it for almost a decade well, the, thing and the, is, the paychecks probably help, too.
1: Yeah, the paychecks probably help. And also, it's not like he hasn't done other things. He was not Snowpiercer. He's been in other he's,
2: movies. He's, he's been in lots of different things. And I think he just wanted to have time to take a bit of a break from all the Marvel. And you got to imagine, this guy's had to stay in amazing shape for, mm-hmm. what, the last like six years, yeah. if not longer? Mm-hmm. So, I'd imagine that guy just wants to eat a donut and
1: be happy. <laughs> but then again, he loves doing it because, you know, remember last, uh, the Super Bowl, where him and Chris Evan, him and uh, the other Chris, Chris Pratt, were having the bets back and forth to show up at the, each other's children's hospitals dressed in, like, uh, either the Patriots or the Seattle Seahawks jerseys. And then they're both like, ah, even though I lost, I'm still going to go to that children's hospital dressed in, uh, you know, dressed as Captain America because it's so much fun. know so i i think he they just it's great that they enjoy these characters as much as the fans do
0: like and john what news do you enjoy as much as fans do uh i am i tried i tried to pull that one i hope it worked well
2: uh in talks with marvel uh i thought it was fun uh we've gotten the production title for the netflix luke cage uh series and because uh, a lot of times when movies go into production, they don't use Luke Cage; they use another title, so people don't know huh. what's going on. Famously, Blue Harvest for Star Wars. Yeah, uh, so they titled it uh, Tiara, which goes mm. back to the old Power Man tiara that he used to wear. Um, like the Gambit movie, that production title they're calling it Chess. Like different things like oh. that. And I just thought like the Chess one; I thought was stupid. But the tiara, I
1: thought, was great, good enough for me to mention. Wait, chest? As in, like, the chess plate that Gambit wears? Like no, the... as in chess. Oh. As in the game? Yeah. Oh.
0: I, I don't get...
2: Because you'd use a gambit Oh, okay. In it. it's, okay. A, it's a chess term.
0: Hmm. So doesn't announcing the fact that the shooting title is tiara kind of... <laughs> yes. You know, undo the fact that you use a shooting title for it? Yes.
2: Okay. Um, they did uh, just recently say too that uh, Misty Knight is going to be in it, and they've been talking about a couple villains that might be appearing in it.
0: Mm-hmm. Ooh, so, I, he, which I think on that announcement, I really hope they go like full on heroes for hire almost with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do as well. Yeah, like I, I want to see that freelance like vigilante, like especially spinning out of um, Daredevil because people know that there's vigilantes out there now. And you have Jessica Jones on the forefront, coming out sometime within the year, hopefully, uh, who is an ex-vigilante or superhero. don't know what she's going to have been capable of yet. Uh, I, I'm really digging this little corner of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, even though you've only gotten like, a glimpse of it so far with Daredevil.
2: And uh, Season 2 is already being filmed, and they have put up some pictures, too, of um, Punisher. Uh, Yeah,
0: uh, Him in front of, like, all the guns?
2: uh, He teased that, yeah, but there's been a couple other ones, and he's got that kind of um, marine haircut, real close, cropped to his head. But, yeah, the the Twitter picture he put up of him, like, hard day at the office, and it's just like a wall (laughs) of guns behind him. It's fun. Yeah. I was looking up one other thing, because I just remembered it
1: happened. Hold on. Well, you look that up. Can I talk about uh, what Richard Donner said about Goonies? Yeah. Uh, talking about movies, Richard Donner said that uh, in 2016, 2017, he's hoping to bring a film interactive experience to all the Goonie fans out there. Uh, he's It's a brainstorming. He's in the brainstorming uh, mode right now in an interview with, I think, uh, Hollywood Reporter. It was just... Him being like, yeah, I'd really like to do a something with the Goonies where it would be almost like Sleep No More. And I had to look up what Sleep No More was. And it's a basically a theater production where the audience is led through a building and the scenes play out in front of them, but you're free to roam to any room of the theater that you want. Uh, Sleep No More is a retelling of Macbeth. And it happens, like, in a five-story, like, hotel. And each room is done, like, uh, there's a room that's done up, like, a cemetery. And so all the, st- all the different rooms are different scenes. And you can basically walk around and interact, pick up things, but you're not allowed to talk, and, and just kind of experience it. So I think...
0: This uh, sounds awesome. It sounds like it would be a pretty uh, immersive experience. Um, sounds like I'm going to be on my feet walking around a lot. I'm going to need something to keep my sugar up. They better at least give me a baby Ruth with my... Admission.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you can find a baby Ruth if you go to the right room.
0: Can I climb uh, through a fireplace at any point?
1: Uh, I would hope you would have to. You
0: know, if it, I feel like you need to.
1: Like uh, I, I've seen uh, one escape room event. You know, escape room is where you basically are put into one room and you're given a certain amount of time and there's a bunch of puzzles where you find like a key attached to a string and the string has a clue for what it unlocks but you got to find the other piece of the puzzle to figure out where that lock is stuff like that uh so and, and people have you sometimes you have to crawl through like little like secret tunnels and everything and those kind of puzzle experiences so they mash they- up
0: I'd, I'd be Matt. okay with this, especially if I wind up at like the bottom of a wishing well or something. Mm-hmm. Oh man, John, have you? Uh... I did. John, do you...
2: Um uh Hunter Zolomon has been cast for Flash. Oh. Uh, and get ready for maybe a darker Zoom, uh, who he's going to be playing, because it is creepy actor Tony Todd, who is known for playing the Candyman in the '90s. Uh He's done lots of voice work. He's been in lots of stuff, but I thought it was a very interesting
1: casting for
2: Zoom,
3: mm.
1: a horror movie dude. So well, Alexander makes. So is he? Are they going to make him like Zoom because he's all about making the heroes better? Like, I, uh, is he? Uh, he's going to be like a Saw kind of creepy. I don't know. Guy, I don't know,
2: Um <laughs> but he's definitely. He's been cast, and he's one of those people. He's an older guy. He's in his 50s. Um, interesting that he was cast to play that
0: role. Well, In other uh, DC television universe news, uh, we got the first trailer for Arrow Season 4, uh, and we got official confirmation that John Diggle's going to be wearing a costume, and we got our first look at that costume.
3: Man. And that's- it's not great <laughs> it's not great
2: um it looks like he's wearing a, v- a version of a magneto helmet mixed with like a uh, motorcycle helmet uh i think it would be better if you couldn't see his face through it because then like what's the point of wearing the mask uh i think the the mask would look cooler if it had like glass
1: <laughs> over it yeah <laughs> that's pretty awful <laughs> what, what okay so diggle's just diggle right
0: yeah, yeah, like, he's not... But there's there's word that they, like, might, like, start referring to him as, like, guardian or something, and... Uh-huh. I, I think that would make sense, I mean, especially with the helmet now. I mean, he's not walking around with a shield, unless he joins the cops.
2: But he also just looks like but, he just is wearing his normal clothes that he wears on the show and just put a helmet yeah. on.
1: Yeah, he's wearing, like, a motorcycle-style jacket. And, uh, like, at a weird... Yeah. Magneto style very metal helmet. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't oh. know. Like I'm I'm not a big fan of it. I still like the show. I'm still looking forward to season four, but yeah. hopefully they, they trim this down or something over time. Like it <laughs> get sleeker or something like Like, Ray Palmer like makes him a different one or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, it, mm.
2: Definitely is a very <laughs> silly-looking... <laughs> um, what other news did I have? What did I mention to you guys that I had? Anything
0: else? I think
1: that was about it. Yeah, yeah because you mentioned the same thing that oh, Chris yeah. mentioned. The so, yeah. Um,
0: yeah. only other thing I had was um, Airship Syndicate, the video game company um, headed by comic artist Joe Maduera, is actually going to be launching the Kickstarter for the Battle Chasers, jrpg uh in a couple days it's going to be coming out on september 8th um i don't know what like console or computer or ios android whatever this game's going to be on but as a fan of the comics from the late 90s uh this is something that i actually will probably be watching and if it's going to be available for me to play or even if i get like a cool like Prequel comic book or post or something for like donating to the Kickstarter. I definitely will. Like this is one that I, I want to help out with.
1: Hmm. Now, Joe, he was involved with uh, the uh, what the
0: Apocalypse game,
1: what uh, Dark Siders, yeah,
0: yep. yeah. He, um, and some of the other people actually from Digital Studios are working on this game as well.
3: Hmm.
0: And it is a JRPG style game uh, taking place in the Battle Chasers universe. And JRPG being Japanese RPG, so think like Final Fantasy type.
1: The old school Final Fantasy, right? Like turn-based, yep. not the... Yeah, a little bit more turn-based. Not, not the one that we got
0: recently? Yeah, the Chrono Trigger, <laughs> yeah. Final Fantasy, mm-hmm. like Secret of Mana, like that kind of stuff. Cool. Is that, is that all we got?
1: Oh, yeah, I think, yeah. I think uh, that's enough to look forward to, because we have to look forward to the books coming out this week, right, John? That's right. And I'm looking forward to a
2: book that I've been enjoying for a couple of years now, and that is uh, The Luther Strode Saga. And this is uh, number three of The Legacy of Luther, Luther Strode, written by Justin Jordan and art by Tradmore. Um, I made you guys do uh, trade and policy mm-hmm. for this. It's a book that I've been continuing uh, in on, and uh, this is, feels like it's going to be the final chapter for this book. Yeah, because how many times can they blow up meat puppets? Quite a bit. <laughs> I
0: was going to say, there's a lot of meat puppets that have been blown
2: up. Uh, over the top action kind of fun book. Um, there's nothing really. There's nothing like, hmm, I think I just solved uh, the equation of the universe reading this. No, it's just a fun action book and uh,
1: been a fan. Number three. Hmm. Chris? Paul? Uh, well, I'm looking forward to a book that I've been enjoying for the p- several past months now, not uh, years like you with Luther Road, but this is a special. This is Harley Quinn's Road Trip special I number one. I knew this one. was
0: going to be your pick when I saw it on the comicsology well, site.
1: Come on, it's it's uh, an American tradition, like American summer tradition that we've never seen before. It's Harley Quinn, uh, Poison Ivy, and Catwoman all uh, going around the U.S. of A., as it says on the uh, DC Comics website, so... Uh, written by Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor, and uh, art by various. Because this is a 48 issue spectacular, 48 page issue spectacular. So,
0: see, that sounds kind of fun. So, are they gonna be going to like a bunch of different places? Are yeah. we gonna see them like is each like road like, ho- like pit stop gonna be a different story?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm hoping so, and I'm hoping that they go to the world's largest ball of yarn and just can't pull Selena Kyle away. I, you know, I'm just <laughs> excited for wacky adventures like that.
0: Chris, uh, what are you looking yes. forward to? Um, I've been out of the comic book game for a while. Uh, talked about it a little bit here on the show before, but moving and then being unemployed for like two months really limits your comic buying budget. So I'm back on top of things now. So I'm starting to re-explore my back catalog of books. Um, and I'm j- I just started off by buying the, like my core titles, like the books that I have to read. And even though I spent some time away from it and I kind of poo-pooed a little bit, um, with the relaunch Uh, I'm looking forward to Batman number 44 Um, I wasn't a big fan of heading into the Jim Gordon Batman but then we got that first issue by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo and it it, it sold it to me and this is something I've been looking forward to for a while Uh, they just introduced a new villain with Mr. Bloom and we're actually going to be getting a little bit of his origin in Batman number 44 written by Scott Snyder with art by Jock Ooh, one of your favorites Paul Mm Mm-hmm one of Paul's favorites and, and while I wasn't a hu- huge fan of, of yeah I wasn't a huge fan of uh, witches and I attribute that more just to the subject mm-hmm. uh, more than like the art or anything so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Jock over on Batman
1: well Scott Snyder started his run with Jock uh, with Detective Comics yeah so it's it's good that they're you know that's where their working relationship I think started then you know went to witches and now that they're all they're back on Batman again now that's fun I'll be good That'd be good. And you know what else is fun? What else is fun? Dramatic readings.
3: Oh.
2: And now, a dramatic reading of Superman, Red Sun, page 11, panel 2.
0: Sputnik 2 weighed 5,000 pounds.
2: And that was a dramatic reading of Superman, Red Sun, panel 11, page 2. That was very dramatic. Uh, How about this uh, beer, Paul? Thank you.
1: And what a beer! This is Founder's Redankulous 2015 Imperial Red Indian Pale Ale. So this is uh, what producer Scott would like to call a DIPA, but it's a Drippa. Red DIPA. It's a Drippa, a Imperial Double Red, red IPA. Yeah. Mm. yeah, Double Red.
2: Uh, and this is out of their big bomber bottle series, limited edition. They, you know, they only put out like uh, four of these, four different beers, in these bigger bottles.
1: Um, big luscious was one. Big which luscious. We weren't a big fan of. Uh, uh,
0: yeah, see, I like the big luscious. It it's was something you can't drink a lot of, but mm-hmm. it's definitely something you wouldn't
2: share with multiple people. Like I, right. I, um, the blushing monk. Um, before that was the um, IPA. It was Center. like. The
1: something street, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, the it had a guy walking down the street. What yeah. was that called? Uh, the center? Yeah, Dissenter. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: And again, I don't think I like that, but we think we got a bad bottle, or an old bottle or something, where it just wasn't quite something right. was off with it. Um, but this one turned everything around. This is a great, great, <laughs> deep Imperial IPA. Uh. Nice and rich with that red... Whatever makes it a red or red, it's, it's gotten in this what, glass right here. What I expect from Founders.
2: Mm-hmm. Just a, an amazingly good drinking beer. Um, yeah, all those flavors you want and expect
1: are here with a kind of a pop at the mm-hmm. end that makes you go, mm, I, I need another sip. If you're a fan at all of uh, Wookie Jack from Firestone, uh, try this because this kicks that in the butt and they're totally different kinds of beer. Yeah, they're both imperial IPAs. Uh one's, yeah, one's a rye, a, one's a black rye and this one, one is, is a red. red, but they they have an IPA flavor plus something plus else. And I'm saying this flavor even beats that that black malty rye. This and, has got that nice rich and
2: for 9% bread. goes down just so smooth, <laughs> like
0: <laughs> Just perfect, and see, I need, I need that beer in my life. It sounds wonderful.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, and we haven't really described it well at all. Just we're it's just, just <laughs> stunned and flabbergasted about how good it is.
1: Well, that's why I tried well, to no, compare just, it like, to another beer. That you're saying from
2: founders
0: beer is like that's that's what I want in life.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. you've probably had this beer, but it was called
1: something else too, Chris. It's possible. Yeah. <laughs> now it's ridiculous, and it is good. It's ridiculous that they this isn't a all time release. Chris, what are you Chris. drinking?
0: Uh, uh, Well, hey, you guys know what kind of, uh, what time of year it is. Uh, is
1: it a, is it pumpkin
0: spice season? It's pumpkin spice season, Paul. Good <laughs> Um, Proud of you, bud.
1: A girl uh, in a yoga pants. A white girl in yoga pants told me uh, that. That's what time of year it was. He
0: cried out in uh-huh. complete awe. Ah, pumpkin. That's <laughs> <laughs> the same thing, though. Um, no, but this is from Oni. I
2: had no idea Uita. where that was going, Chris. I don't mean. <laughs> okay, no, I, I what don't what mean.
0: Do when do we know anything ever about stuff?
2: That really uh-huh. tickled my funny bone. My eyes
0: are watering. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is Uita's pumpkin. Uh, this is a harvest pumpkin ale that is brewed with pumpkin and spices. And yeah, um, as watery and ghosty as I thought the terrapin was. Uh, this is definitely a step down that ladder. Um, I, I'm working my way down the pumpkin scale, I think.
2: Oh, uh, when you told me you were drinking this, I had just saw like on Facebook. It said like, what you did, you know, for the past years. Like, click here. So I clicked, and there's a picture of me with a pic- with a, with this bottle.
0: Uh-huh.
2: I drank this beer a year ago today,
0: and I poured it down the drain. It was uh, so bad. See, I I don't think it's poor worthy. It's just there's nothing to it. Like there's nothing that makes me want to continue drinking it, or like the other five of these I have in the refrigerator. But I have them, so I might as well drink them. Like it's not bad enough to get rid of, but, mm-hmm. but it's not good enough to keep. Uh, I guess.
2: Yeah, and we I think we are drinking. We uh, I, I got this from my girlfriend and I. We had split bottles. We had this, and then we had like pumpkin. Next, and we had a bunch of other pumpkin beers. We just made a craft pack, uh, mm-hmm. a six pack of pumpkin beers. And this is the first one I had because I've had beers from them that I've really liked. And like, Paul, you and I have mm-hmm. liked the um, the oaked age oak jack oh, uh, yeah. pumpkin beer. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, this has got to be good. Yeah, we like their stuff in their bomber series the six pack stuff. Well, the, the Baba, the black sheep, okay. that black lager. Mm-hmm. Um the black uh the imperial black IPA they have is really
1: good. Okay. Um yeah, but I'm thinking more at Labyrinth and Labyrinth is a bomber. Mhm. that, that like licorice that. Mm-hmm. That black licorice beer. And I really enjoyed that and I'm not a big fan of black licorice. And so yeah, and I'm thinking of the Oaked Pumpkin which we liked and yeah, and that was a bomber as well. So, man, Unita you you got to step your game up. You're inconsistent
2: step it up hit or miss yeah yeah I'm sorry buddy but at least hey, got, it's okay at least you got the, the black the black IPA there That should be pretty good
3: yeah
1: and you got five yeah. more <laughs> yeah that's why I went with bombers this episode because I'm like I've kind of been buying six packs whenever we've been doing it and I'm like that means I have five more bottles in the basement that I haven't have really drank of all the beers that See, we've had I'll drink
2: them with you Paul I know it's a, it's a really- I had
0: a I had a full sale bomber in my hand. It was their like twenty seventh anniversary wheat wine. And I put that down because I was like, Oh, I did pumpkin beers last week. I might as well, we'll, we'll continue on with the trend 'cause we're gonna be we'll be doing them anyways. And I regret that decision now.
2: Full sale wheat wine? Why would you get rid of that, Because,
0: like they'll have it next time I go, and it was only six ninety nine. I should just grab it when I was there, but I'll go back, I'll get it.
2: You know I will. You know I know you will.
0: Also, it's like $4. Yeah. But speaking of $4, you spent probably that much on some of these books for uh this week.
1: Yeah. Comic books have gotten expensive. Like the one that I'm looking forward to coming out next week uh or this week is going to be 5.99. Like
0: well, that's a one-shot special like anthology. Yeah, that's true. So that so that makes sense like I feel like that's acceptable versus like four ninety nine for like an issue
1: yeah almost
0: but like a regular just book
1: I think the one that I bought the uh which we'll be talking about last was three ninety nine but it's an image comic so you kind of expect it well, th- yeah. for the most part yeah uh but do
2: do we want to start with Archie the best book this year this season this uh <laughs> this episode
0: man yeah if, if you want to start with Archie um that's fine with me. I literally just opened the one that I saw first, which was Godzilla. But yeah, uh, let's talk uh, well, about hey, Archie because that's probably hey, the one that I enjoyed the most.
2: Well, we we can we can talk about uh, Godzilla
1: too because yeah, let's talk about Godzilla real quick. Uh, let's let's uh,
0: Godzilla's gonna be a really quick quick sell. Well, yeah. Uh, so
1: what is it? I'm sorry. Which well, there's so many Godzilla books from
0: IDW Publishing. This is Godzilla in Hell number one. Uh, this is written and drawn by James Stocco. Uh, mm-hmm. and the book starts off just with Godzilla falling into hell um,
1: I think they and, really uh nailed the voice of Godzilla in this
0: yeah there's absolutely no dialogue at all in this book you get some sound effects um, Godzilla fighting a giant vagina monster <laughs>
1: uh,
3: because he's in uh, the, in the and, first
0: like, level of hell which is lust he's in, he's in lust uh, and then like millions of little like people. Uh I have to like I like the art in the book. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. There's an insane amount of detail in everything. Uh but there's really nothing else to any of this book.
2: The book uh written and drawn by the same guy, which I mean really it's just drawn by the guy. Uh there are little moments where like it shows like something coming and it's almost like Godzilla looking like in the panel, like looking at you like uh oh, geez, like <laughs> Alright. And then going Godzilla crazy and just being like, "All right, I'll fight you now."
1: Yeah, it's. I like the huge sign, "Abandon all hope, ye who enter here," and Godzilla being like, "Well, screw this sign. I'm gonna atomic breath it." And then the powder rubble, uh, the smoke that comes out of it is lust, You know, it spells out lust. And I'm like, "Huh? How is Godzilla gonna battle lust?" Like that one's like
2: just at the bottom. Yeah. Like he fights that thing. That the thing well, and just has that I mean, look towards the, the camera. Unless, like,
0: uh, the book definitely delivers on what it said. Um, I picked this for my uh, list pick a couple weeks ago because this book's actually from July, but like I said before, I fell behind on my buying books, and this is one that I wanted to check out and talk about. Um, and I was looking forward to you checking this out. Each issue is going to be Godzilla fighting a different monster in a different level of hell. Um, I can't see wanting to read any more after this first one, though, because. Yeah. It's a Godzilla book that stars Godzilla doing Godzilla things, but that's not interesting enough.
1: You could have
0: as have much no amount
1: story. of fun doing it if you had a Godzilla action figure and just was playing with it on your desk.
0: You know? That would it's probably a, be more fun. Yeah.
1: You know, it's not bad. It's just what were you what were we expecting going into it? Did it deliver that? Yes. Did it deliver really anything more? This?
0: No. There's no, there's no narrative. Like, I would even like like a like disembodied narrator or something,
3: mm-hmm.
0: like providing some sort of like play by play. But it's literally just Godzilla fighting like waves of people being thrown at him, weird monsters, and you then want, falling into the next level. Like,
1: you want Greg Proops to be providing? Two-headed dialogue over this, um, the crazy plot line, th- of this action, or I think
0: that would still be a step up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's literally like twenty pages of Godzilla walking around, hitting things,
2: and it's it's not super interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
2: you're just like nice. you're just
0: that's you're why just, you need something else to it. Yeah,
2: you're just flipping through, yeah. going uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Oh, that's kind of cool. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh
1: huh. Do you wish it was like one of the, like, evil science? Was, was there ever an evil scientist? The, the scientist that I'm assuming built Mecha Godzilla, right? There was a, there was a Mecha Godzilla at one point, right? Yeah, but I it mean, was, I maybe he's in hell and he made a wager with a devil, saying that even the devil can't defeat yeah, Godzilla. Yeah, I mean something that would be like, that guy crushed me like a hundred years ago.
2: That guy is going to... Anything you throw at him, he's going to smash. The, yeah, that would be more interesting because it would give you some type of dialogue, some kind of something
0: to
1: it. But then again, it's Godzilla. How much dialogue do you really want? I don't know.
0: I need mean, at least somebody else. Like, mm-hmm. If this was done more like the Divine Comedy where you've got like a Virgil like, <laughs> guiding Godzilla through hell, I think that would be cool. It's just like this old poet being like, yeah, Godzilla, I don't know, look, there's a reactor. And then you get Godzilla going to go fight it. Like, give me some sort of, like, point of reference character, almost.
2: See, if they if this was done with Gamera, and he was saving a child, and bringing it through hell,
1: like, that would be more, that'd make more sense. Oh, yeah. He's a friend of all
0: children. Would, that would
1: work. He's also full of turtle meat. <laughs> That's yes. very true.
0: Now, on the exact flip side... Chris, you picked up Archie uh, on number that one. I was <laughs> another book that I was kind of like iffy on reading. um I know I've read Archie comic books before. I don't remember how old I was or anything about it because it's it's Archie like Archie just kind of carries that um stigma with it like <laughs> oh, you like comic books? you don't read archie
2: this This um, is the book that made me go, okay, I know a lot
1: more about Archie than I thought I did. Yeah. You know why? Because nothing's changed with Archie.
0: <laughs> no, and that's the thing, and um this Archie number one. Um actually I, I think this is technically considered all new Archie because they're still doing the other Archie book. Mm-hmm. Uh this is written by Mark Wade with art by Fiona Staples, two creators that we love. Yep. Over and on like they, stuff like Daredevil or Saga.
1: They just proved um, that they can just write whatever they want do whatever they want together and they they pull it off. Yeah, and
0: it, it was nice seeing Fiona Staples on a book that doesn't Require her to draw crazy <laughs> alien penises. Uh,
1: well, we <laughs> this, never know what Jughead.
0: This book has it has a lot of heart to it, and it just it starts off basically just with Archie introducing himself and his life to you. And even though, like John, you said like you know you know about Archie, you don't realize you do until you start getting that intro, and you are like, I know all these characters, I've seen them like multiple times. I might not know their names or like everything about them, but everything is instantly recognizable and this book really sells itself on that nostalgia Uh, even if you have no No. affinity for it
2: Uh, yeah that you didn't know you had (laughs) Um, yeah and then like on the back they have that throwback to that
0: super old Archie comic too the very first uh, Archie comic from like Pep Comics number 22 and Um, I read that and I was like this is terrible (laughs) (laughs) call me chick
2: I I didn't read it, I just thumbed through it and yeah. I was like, I'm glad I'm not
0: reading this right now. Um, did you read the introduction by Mark Wade?
1: Did
2: I did. You
0: know? Oh, I did not. <laughs> okay, um, it's a quick read, I mean, it's basically just like a short letter from him about the book. And I think he summed up everything that I was feeling about the book perfectly, because like, once you strip away that nostalgia that RG presents itself with, it basically comes down to the fact that, you no, know, Archie is just... like He's an everyman. He's just a likable mm-hmm. guy. And I, I think that it really shows through in the book. Um, I never imagined myself buying an Archie book until I saw that they were putting out a Mark Wade and Fiona Staples book. Um, I figured I would at least buy it for the first issue just so we could talk about it on the show here. Um, this is something that I actually want to pick up number two from, though.
1: Yeah, I was... I uh, I think I clicked on purchase, and I think it's sitting in my cart right now to, to buy it when I buy um, some other Number comics. two? Yeah, because when you get to the end, and then I'm like, wait a second, I'm not logged in as myself here, so probably shouldn't have hit buy now. <laughs>
2: um, yeah. Uh, if you, I was going to say, if you didn't buy issue two, I would probably just wait and buy it and trade so I could read them all at once. hmm it's a fun read as we said it's got heart uh i do have those moments where i'm like well that kind of looks like marco or that kind of looks like you know i can definitely tell that this is fiona staple she's got a very specific style and layout and color palette and all that stuff
0: um even like the facial expressions like some of like the the students like they all look different like uh, everyone is very distinct um and stand out but you can tell it's her style
2: and yeah she's just yeah she's just got a way of make every character looks different and they have that hip kind of look to them too um yeah really good breakout character
0: Jughead. yeah he's, <laughs> yeah uh chughead's a stand-up guy and i never knew that
2: <laughs> i don't know i don't know if he's like that in regular archie books
0: see I think in the regular Archie books he's just always sitting around like eating cheeseburgers or something like I think that's just like the character well he's always that like, like I said I've read Archie I can't tell you anything about him he's the guy <laughs> that's always
2: he's always like i'll I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today no, right that's wimpy
0: no that's wrong. wimpy from Popeye they both like eating and so cheeseburgers off.
1: but it makes me interested to read that all new uh jokehead number one coming out soon. <laughs> There's a, who's writing yeah. that though? Uh, I don't know, but it's on the end of the book.
0: It's, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to flip through it quick to yeah, get flip to that through it quickly.
1: Um, and it's I, like, what's I, on our, what's on Jughead's mind other than cheeseburgers? Okay, well it's mostly
0: cheeseburgers, but uh, it says more than burgers, but mostly burgers. uh it's by by dis- and Erica Henderson. So yeah, like it's coming out next month. Something that I would probably check out based off of this.
2: Yeah, I probably probably would too. Yeah, uh,
0: it actually kind it... Oh, go ahead, Chris. I have to give it up for Archie Comics, because they've really kind of branched out and started doing some different stuff. I mean, we have all-new Archie here. We had the Afterlife of Archie book, where he, he's, like, killed in it. There's, like, the Archie zombie book. Um, the startling like, the of the The zombie book right
1: is Afterlife with uh, okay. Archie, yep.
0: Okay, there was another one then that he was killed in, and there's like basically people picking up the pieces of their lives. Um, oh, maybe
1: the that, Tales yeah,
0: Sabrina, which is like the Sabrina the Teenage Witch horror book. Like, I read the first one of that, which was actually pretty good. Um, good Anya, Archie Comics, for trying some different stuff besides just putting out those little digest sized books at supermarkets that parents buy because they want to get something for their kids, you know? And uh, I'm sure people read it and enjoy them, but. It no, all kind I, of. I like that they're trying this, yeah.
2: and and that's what I was gonna say is like after reading this, it makes me kind of want to check out Afterlife with Archie, um, because it it okay they did a great job on that, they got some good artists on that with uh, Francesco Francavella and Jack uh, Morelli, um I don't know Roberto Aguera Sacara,
0: um, um he's actually he wrote.
2: Chilling Adventures uh, of Sabrina.
0: Okay, uh, uh, he also wrote Marvel Knights 4.
2: Yeah. Uh Loki, Fear Itself. Different things there. Um yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly good fun read. I was I was excited and happy when I read like I was like, oh, I got to read this, and then I read it. And actually, I wasn't I didn't mind wanting to read it because of Mark Wade, because of Fiona Staple. mm
0: mm-hmm. Mhm. And what's kind of interesting, too, is Archie Comics actually came under fire because they started up a Kickstarter to help fund these books. Um, And then people were complaining, like, oh, you're already a publishing company. Why are you asking for money for books that you're going to be charging for anyways? Um, And they wound up dropping the Kickstarter. They canceled it out. And I, I see no problem with it, them being a company that's trying to branch out and do something a little bit more noteworthy. And asking for some help to try to get that off the ground. I mean, regardless of them having like this long storied publishing history or not, like mm-hmm. to get someone like Mark Wade or Fiona Stables on the book is probably a little bit more costly than whoever they normally have on these books. And nothing against those creators, but it, it's going from like cheeseburgers up to steak dinners. You, yeah. you got to invest a little bit more into it.
2: This is one of those things when I, you know, I'm a comic book fan. It was before I started the podcast, but people knew that I liked comic books. And, like, a girlfriend's mom came home and gave me, like, an Archie Digest that she bought <laughs> at the grocery store. And, like, I thumbed through it, but I was like, oh, thank you. Like, I like comic books, but I don't read Archie,
1: but thank you. Yeah, it's a comic book. I think sometimes uh, these publishers will... Especially in the board game world, um, they do Kickstarters, and it's almost like a marketing ploy itself. They get on Kickstarter, they show what's going to come up, they, they get to like introduce some of the artwork for the board game, they get to talk about the board game, and it generates buzz more so than... I think they get more out of the buzz that having the Kickstarter generates than the actual profits or money. Uh, and it also shows how much interest. So it's a great way to gauge interest and also to start that publicity train going.
3: Yeah, and
2: I,
1: but I, I really think also is they wanted to take Archie out of
2: the 50s.
1: But they, yeah, but they've been doing it with Afterlife, the zombie, even uh, what, four or five years ago now with the whole like the uh, where they actually, he did marry Veronica and then like a couple months after that, they did the well. What if I married uh, Betty instead? Uh, they did the whole update thing where he's yeah. But who read those? There, were, there was some pretty I mean, good buzz there's, there's, about it. There's
2: a little bit of buzz, but ultimately it gets we some go critical, we go you know? we go. Oh, that's funny. And then you glaze over it. Mm-hmm. You're bringing in one of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest powerhouses in in comics, right? You know, Mark Wade. On an Archie book, and then you're bringing someone else who, for the last what three years, has won the uh, Eisner Award for Best Artist, as well as like lettering and covers. You're bringing in that a huge artist mm-hmm. onto this book. It costs a pretty penny. And this elevates, as Chris said, it elevates it from just an Archie book to an Archie book. You know, it it really makes it something that more people are going to check out. And people, anyone who reads this, pretty much is going to want to read issue two, which it makes it makes yeah. it continue on.
0: And that's the thing, like, as a comic book fan and reader, like, I've i never bought an Archie book, but this is one that I was like, okay, I'm, I have to pick this up. And I'm glad I did. I'm glad you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's got our next book?
2: Uh, our next book would be um, John Flood from Boom Studios, written by Justin Jordan and illustrated by Jorge... Uh and this book takes place with um, Detective John Flood, who uh, was an experimented on by on by the CIA, uh, the government. They just or, say the government. Uh, it's, uh, he doesn't Maybe. know exactly. He doesn't know who exactly. He doesn't know who. Uh, explains the government. But John Flood does not sleep, and nope. now he's always kind of in a dream state. And uh, has become a detective because he has lots of hobbies. He doesn't sleep, and he's kind of always in a dream state. Uh, And it starts with, like, two weeks in the future, Mm -hmm. and then flashes back into... Where he's arrested. Where he's arrested, covered in blood. Uh, And then it flashes back to... Thank you. Kind of that interim hiring someone who is kind of down on their luck, and this is a down-on-their-luck cop who was acquitted of charges looks like... Of murder. (laughs) Cowerism or something. Looks like... To me, like, it looked like he was hiding from a crime that was being committed.
3: Hmm.
2: And that kind of explains why he's more overemphasis on that protect. Yeah, getting... Okay.
0: Um, And his... Uh, It's all very vague because I read into it more as, like, it was some sort of violent crime. mm -hmm. And that's why, like, People are
3: like, oh,
0: that's that's the guy. Like, did you see?
2: Yeah. That
0: I don't know, because it's the guy from like a
2: video. Yeah. That's what they refer to him as. Yeah, because like I just saw like the cop like huddled in a corner, kind of like next to his car, and then a car coming up. Like he wasn't. He didn't. He he didn't do the right thing. He was hiding. Um, But it's definitely a cop who is no longer a cop, but has been acquitted people aren't too friendly with him and he's getting tested to be John Flood's assistant assistant, new assistant bodyguard who knows what yeah His John
0: Diggle (laughs) um and and like the story centers on John Flood actually trying to create the perfect environment for a serial killer to come to their town because he has no pattern and that's the pattern
2: yeah, he's trying to in the center of it. He's trying to solve a serial killer killer's crime. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed the book. I thought it was fun. The art
1: matched the tone of the book. Uh, See, the thing is, we know it's a serial killer because they also, in between John Flood story, it. Is interspersed with the story of this ser- serial killer going around and killing everybody at this hunting location, and then suddenly in an RV with uh, this one guy
3: at A- the, no, end, up. Because at the he's, end
1: because he's seen the what yeah, the viral video John Flood leaked for him. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting is I, I, you know I almost wish that because they keep on playing. Well, is John Flood crazy? is he just nuts you know every character's kind of responding to him as we're nuts if we didn't get that serial killer interspersed then we would the reader would be in the same mindset as all the other characters
0: Uh, kinda for me i can i can easily put this into perspective for you because when i was reading this i decided for myself that this reads like a keanu reeves movie (laughs) <laughs> I can see Keanu playing John Fly. Yeah, I could see that. And then everything kind of falls into place. Like just with the character and like how everything's delivered. It's, 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 it's a it's, it's a that, Keanu movie on page.
2: It's that crazy eccentric genius. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's like uh I liked it because it kind of reminded me of um Psyche. Okay, you know yeah. that's smarter than everyone else. Like that kind of detective. Like, oh, he wasn't gonna shoot me. Like, you weren't gonna shoot me, right? You know, like that. Mm-hmm. F- there's a fun to this book, but at the other end of this book is a stone cold serial killer who's now coming after <laughs> the fun detective. Oh, no. You know, like, well, you only, you only told me to investigate your wife you didn't tell me not to tell her that you had mm-hmm. money hidden all over the place you know like those kind of character who doesn't see the line that everyone else would see
3: mm-hmm.
2: like i went to you as a detective to follow my wife to see if she was cheating on me not tell her that i have money hidden you know like yeah. mm-hmm. like that i i like this book i thought it was a lot of fun i definitely plan on picking up issue number two hmm
0: See, I don't know if I would read number two. Like, I think I got enough from number one. That I don't feel the need to delve any further deeper into it. Yeah,
1: I, I'm kind
0: of the same um, way. Unless you like, oh man, number two is so good. Like, in which case, I would check it out.
1: Yeah, I'm interested to hear what you say about it. When, kind of like what you were saying with uh, Archie, you know, when we hit the trade, you know. I can understand that. Yeah, I, I think this would read better as a trade, especially since it's the start where it's two trains that have to collide, and it's just
0: the prep work right now. We'll yeah, ex- you're just seeing them get onto the same track at this point.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, maybe expect a trading policy in six months. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
1: Looking forward, or maybe not to that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, then our uh, fourth and final book is a Paul baby. Uh,
3: Yeah,
1: I picked this up because uh, it's something that I knew Chris would want to read, and Jamie McKelvey... I thank you for that and Karen Gillan, uh, their work together I'm always interested in and sometimes I, r- I really enjoy their work, other times it hits me kind of like Phonogram does, uh, where it's just, I'm not in that niche market, that music kind of uh, that wicked and Divine kind of market
0: yeah, <laughs> so, It's like the subculture behind the subculture of like the comic book
1: Right, and, and uh, in Phonogram uh, this is a world that they've been uh, Jamie McKelvey and, uh, Kieran Kieran Gillian's the writer, Jamie McKelvey, Jamie McKelvey on art, uh, is a world where music is, has a magicalness to it. There's, there, it's not just, it doesn't, the reason why music connects with people when they hear it isn't just because there's a, uh, you know, it's talking to our subconscious. It, it literally is through some sort of magical means. Uh, and you have these, uh, I think they call them phon- phono mancers. Uh, so yep. people that can that can uh, that deal in magical ways with music, and there is some dark undertones, some dark magic going on with uh, with people that you can sell your soul to, apparently. And this happens to deal with one of the people that made a trade, a fosteri- uh, faustian trade, uh, in order to become uh, kind of popular and rich maybe not quite famous but but for magical power or phonographic power yeah. and uh it deals with that and this is uh she goes now by emily she used to be known as claire
2: yeah i think so uh
1: and she has traded away half of her so half of her personality uh and only one half exists in the real world and the other half exists between the commercials. Between hence,
0: hence the, the title of the Immaterial Girl. Yeah.
1: So she's uh and, and we get into this weird kind of subculture that's happening within it that didn't connect with me at all. Chris, you're more and, of the music fan and you know, uh
0: And that's honestly why I was surprised that you picked this book up, because this this isn't your kind of book and you kinda like explained it when you're introducing the book because you have that interest in just seeing what they can bring to the page. Um, McKelvey and Galen have been frequent uh, collaborators now between this is their third phonogram series, uh, the wicked and the divine and then young Avengers over at Marvel. Um, These are two people that work together and they work well together. Um, But like you said, you're not the biggest music fan Um, and there's so many little references that they throw aside in this mm-hmm. that it's like if you're familiar with that you pick up on this and if you don't he actually includes a glossary in the back of it that will kind of outline everything
2: also on I'm, one of the pages is like um, a web address to go to like yeah. dot uh, slash blah 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 uh, which I was I haven't gone to
0: yet but I did want to go to see I didn't I didn't even see that honestly. I think it's for
1: the music video that whatever music's playing in the background I think it's a music video for it
0: oh um, cool. but I know, like I, I like what they do mm-hmm. I like they have that different way of looking at things um, I like that every single issue of anything that he does has like a letter from Jamie McKelvey in the back of it like just talking about what went into the book where he was at in life and how that kind of translates into things Um, And for me, these are incredibly personable books, like more so than any other creator. I feel like when you read a Kieran Gillen book, you're seeing into who he is as a person. Um, I think that just shows what comics are actually capable of as a collaborative medium, too, because he's literally putting himself onto the page Mm -hmm. Um, more so than I think you would get from like some regular like superhero comic books. But, Paul, I'm surprised you didn't like this one more because they talk about Taylor Swift in, like, one of the backup stories.
1: Yeah, one of the backup stories they do. And uh, and it's a curse song that uh, reminds – it's basically he's pulling the song over and over again because it reminds him of an ex-girlfriend or maybe uh, a uh – A former lover, I should say, because we don't know if it's an ex-girlfriend or maybe she passed, and that's what makes it cursed, which is interesting.
0: It's not not just like reminding him of her. It literally brings back her ghost.
1: Yeah, because it's, yeah, but, you know, metaphorically, you know.
0: No, like physically, uh, like the ghost is appearing there.
1: Yeah. But I can understand it on the level like, okay, well, I can see that. And then in the comic book world, that's what happens there. Um, did you guys read Phonogram? The first No, no. But this
0: is standalone. I, I have, um, it's on my list of things to get to, especially now that I've read this one. Um, and actually, Kieran Gillen, in his letter, he's like, hey, you know what, I think more people are going to read this than they had any of our other Phonogram books just because of the other stuff that they've done now. Yeah. And he's just like, if you want to get into Phonogram, uh, just read the second series because we knew what we were doing then. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's frankly better.
2: Um, cause this book, I didn't, I didn't like, I couldn't get into, and it's because it's not what I'm into. I'm, I'm outside right. of this world, but it's like, like you said, Chris, I feel like it's masterfully written and drawn. Like, yeah, it's, it's a great looking book. I feel like I'm left out by mm-hmm. not knowing what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like it, it
0: is. It is really inside baseball.
1: It is. Oh, uh, and since I'm so outside, I'm like, man, every character in this book is a douche.
0: Oh, I they're think all douche. I think right. That's, I think
1: it, they're definitely douche. Oh yeah. Are, are they just? Is that just me, or am I? Am I happy? I'm not part of this kind of clique or whatnot. Because I think so, but at the same time, I think we're also. We I, also oh, I can. I can douche it up with the douchiest of them. We've we've that.
2: also been those douche guys in a clique. Uh, yeah. Hence, anytime no, like, we're at a comic book convention and somebody tries to be nice and talk to us, and we all give them the cold shoulder. We don't. We just don't know how to react. <laughs> yeah, because we're comic book <laughs> well, nerds. <yeah>. No, but <laughs> yes, like talk.
0: As, as someone that you know used to go to a lot of shows at just like different uh, like venues and stuff around Buffalo, like that's basically what it's like. You see people that you see at all of those concerts and you're just like, Oh, it's that guy. Mm-hmm. Like everyone has their own oh, like stature almost in the scene.
1: That's Indy Dave. <laughs>
3: like, oh. <laughs> Indie that's
0: Dave's a prime example of it. <laughs> um, and I, I don't know, that could be what actually really draws me into the Gillen McKelvey style of books because I mean, honestly they're all pretty similar I mean just aesthetically, mm-hmm. style-wise, it's kind of one of those like if you like one, you'll probably like the others. If you hated one of their books, you probably will hate the others.
1: Uh, the re- uh, ex- uh, exception to that rule is Suburban Glamour, the trade that we read, and that's why I keep on going. And also young, you know, young, uh, young, young Avengers.
0: Avengers. See, young Avengers. There. I mean, it's different, but at the heart of it, it's still the same thing. It's a
1: small, I, flick I quote of unquote, people. like
0: youngsters yeah. that are like, in a small group of a subculture that are making references to music or pop songs mm-hmm. like, flippantly. Like, in in one hand, like, you have that story and they're wearing tights, and then on the other one they're using that music for magic. Like
1: Yeah. But um, the characters in Suburban Glamour and also the characters in uh, Young Avengers, not as douchey. Uh, and I also feel like, like,
2: Wicked and Divine is something that you can follow into and there's the same kind of you know like music and these kind of celebrity and this stuff mm-hmm. you can fall into that and understand that where like this book it was like this book is definitely not for me <laughs> this is I am I'm a few steps out of this and I'm I don't even know like I don't know who I could recommend this book to Mm-hmm. But I definitely know the people I could recommend, like *Wicked* and *Divine* to, and say you should really check it out. This is an amazing book. If I knew somebody who was who would like this book, I would definitely say you should check this out because it is. If you're into these things, the way it's written, you would mm-hmm. get it, you know. And also, I mean, the art, the art is really good. I mean, especially at the end there when it goes into the music video. Yeah, you like, take on me. <laughs> I I I almost feel like I'd pick up I'd pick up issue number two just to read her like in that world. Cause that to me was kind of fun being chased by those guys.
0: No, I this is something that Paul, I'm glad you picked up because it's a series that I've wanted to pick up and read for a while now, but it's it's on the back burner. So I haven't had the need to, but now that I've read like the first issue of the third series here, I want to read the second issue of this, and I know that's going to make me want to read those first two. And so did, I, I won't subject you guys to doing a trade policy <laughs> of one of those two. But um, right. John, if you want to at least flip through issue number two uh, to see more of that that art that's taking place in uh, Take on Me video, like you'll be able to at least.
2: I will. And didn't Paul? Didn't you buy Chris the phonogram for his birthday? No, Suburban Glamour. Suburban, yeah, glamour. Got suburban glamour.
1: Right, and. I enjoyed that. <laughs> I enjoyed but that was Young also Avengers. just
0: Jamie McCollie.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because you can't. Because for when I was looking for Phonogram, the first volume, like I couldn't find it, you know, out because it just was out of print at that one time, at that point in time. Uh, but man, you could pick up. You can still pick up Suburban Glamour, uh, which I think is really fun and really good. Uh, yeah, I agree. But, yeah, I was... It took me into the very end uh, when she goes into the... Uh, the unlikable character goes into the uh, music video world and the other character comes out and I'm like, oh, so it's kind of like... Uh, kind of like... Uh, Madrox, in a way. Where a different personality now takes over. Which I, mean, I think yeah, is I, interesting.
0: I like, the, I like the moment where she was like, oh, I think I sold off the wrong half of my personality. And then, like... Like, the other half of her just, like, looks through, like, the TV screen afterwards, and she's like, really?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I think you did, too. But, yep, they flip-flopped, so that makes it interesting. But uh, then again, I don't really reprint any of those characters. Uh,
2: <laughs> Phonogram, Volume 1, 9.99 on Comixology, and Volume 2, also 9.99. On seven, Comixology. Yeah. On Comixology, uh, Volume 1, seven books. Volume 2 is
1: eight books. Wow. Yeah, but this I also That's was really good though. Buying those buying that for Chris for his birthday before we were digital when you guys were like, Oh, I'll never go digital. I like having the thing underneath.
2: You know, we should do the um I mean Kieran Gillian's uh Uber is still going on. Like we should definitely try to do uh volume one of that.
1: Yeah. Well it's uh you know, not to spoil anything, but it's Chris's pick
0: coming Chris? up. So. It is my pick for uh, this month, so yeah. I don't have anything like that I've picked up recently that I could bring to the table. Um, I was thinking about uh, Batman Year One Volume 2 because we haven't read that yet, but I don't know. It might be good to do something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So. But I think, uh, do you want to do power rating for these books?
1: Uh, I think everybody agrees. Archie, number one,
0: yes. top of the stack, right? Yep.
1: Uh on Flood, number two. Yeah, yeah,
0: I agree with See, that. See, I, I did Phonogram, number
1: two. Well, I yeah. would do Phonogram three. And then Godzilla, really? Uh, See, was, yeah, I, would, <laughs> I, I think I enjoyed Godzilla because I, it wasn't much of a read. <laughs> yeah. Because I could just flip <laughs> yeah. through where it's like, oh, i got to read these books. Not that I have to, but, uh you know, your charts trying to read books, sometimes kind of, you know, go over them for the, co- for this, uh, for the show kind of quickly. And you're like, wow, this is great! <laughs> got, <laughs> Done! Godzilla was kind of
0: the cotton candy of uh, the look-back books, because there's nothing to it. So by the time you get to the end of it, you're like, well, oh, that was kind of enjoyable, but I'm still hungry.
3: Yeah.
1: It's kind of like when you get homework, and you're like, oh, you got to do all the questions on page 7 of your workbook and it's only one question and you're like oh boy only one question <laughs> Uh yeah
2: I like I sat down and I said okay I gotta read these books and I did this last night I was laying in bed before I went to sleep and I was like well Godzilla like I went and then I was like Archie Archie's great and then I read phonogram and I was like wow this is like it's almost like heavy because mm-hmm. it's it's almost like trying like it's like uh in Beetlejuice when they're like this is trying to read stereo instructions you know it, it mm-hmm. had that feel like this isn't for me. I'm just kind it's of getting through anything. for it. Through for it. But yeah, so Archie, John Flood, I think Godzilla and Hell and then Phonogram. And not to take anything away from Phonogram, it's just not for me.
0: Well, that's okay cuz I'm going to switch my power ranking out because I had Archie Phonogram and then I had John Flood and Godzilla. So I'm going to switch Godzilla and John Flood because fuck you, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what happened. <laughs> That is what happened, Paul. uh, This episode?
2: You should be, you should be the
1: commentary in Godzilla, (laughs) Paul. Ooh, a nuclear power plant? Nope, it's a monster. That's That's what happened.
0: That's, I think that's the episode title (laughs) too. Well, make sure you, uh, rate and review this episode over on the iTunes.
2: Find us over on the Facebook. We like those new likes. Uh, We always want to hear from you guys, and that's a great way for you guys to let us know what we're doing that you like and don't like. Mm -hmm. Paul, did you you look into
1: those numbers for... uh... No, not yet. I'm lazy.
2: He's
0: (laughs) been trying to salvage episode number 274, which will hopefully be up.
1: It'll be up tonight. Or 275. And then uh, Tuesday, this will go up.
0: Nice.
1: All right. And that's the plan. (laughs) And, and you can always email us, contact at com or individually, John, Paul, or Chris at Uh And yeah.
2: find us over on our website, look at our show notes, mm-hmm. and check out Parks and Wrecked, Chris's side project, which has been Yay. a lot of fun. And if you um,
0: want, yep. I, I'm having a lot of fun doing that. Uh, recently I stopped doing the news for the show, and just focusing on doing that as blogs, which makes it easier to do blogs because I'm not constantly like rehashing the same stuff that i'm about to say on a weekly episode uh it's fun i like it it's all about disney
2: uh also you should look into i just found out there's a disney ceo that now lives in hamburg who's who went to um one of the the high schools out here did not know that yeah i guess he's been real active in the hamburg uh School district? No, just like the Hamburg. Anything like How? he helped put on like the fair and everything,
1: yeah. really? which is which yeah. Hamburg, which is a, a suburb of the city of Buffalo.
0: Yeah, yes, yeah, the New most York. suburbiest of suburbs of Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And That's uh, crazy.
1: Check out our producer Scott's show, Western New York Brews, our WNY Brews. Oh, he owes us a dollar now. What?
0: I <laughs> was... would have mentioned a lot more if he had known there was a dollar in it. <laughs>
2: I just <laughs> saw Money oh, Size pop into his eyes like, this
1: guy owes us a dollar? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought he wanted like a dollar per episode or something. Like, he had to subscribe somewhere. No. And I'm like, what? No, because he mentioned his show he owes us a dollar. Oh, no. Doesn't owe us anything. We still owe him for all those episodes <laughs> that he did. All 55 of the first episodes. Uh, he got a lot of beer out of us. But he also chipped in with the... He, he was on the rotation. He, he was part provide, of the yeah. show. He was part of the show. He was part of the Alright, let's get out of here before we rehash old,
3: old, uh, spreadsheets of who owes what to who. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs>